This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. I am the best in the world at what I do. Gentlemen. You are the top 1%. The elite. Best of the best. But the cream will rise to the top for oh yeah. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. You are now listening to the Elite Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Mo Sports in Liberty. The pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk. Featuring weekly expert analysis and top-notch interviews. And now, please welcome your hosts, Clint Schweitzer and Noah Groniger. We thank you for joining us here on the Elite Sports Podcast. And we're going to put a nice little pink bow on the college football regular season as things have wrapped up. We are on to championship weekend. We're going to be talking about the SEC, SEC championship game, college football playoffs with our guest on this week's show, Matt Stinchcomb from the SEC Network. I'm going to get his take on Auburn and Gus Melzon, the relationship that just won't end. We're going to be getting his take on Barry Odom. Uh, there was reports from earlier in the week that there was uh, some flirtation or some mutual interest between Barry Odom and the Louisville job, but also reports saying that Missouri's going to get this wrapped up. Missouri's going to, uh, you know, give Barry Odom a new contract, extend him, whatever the case may be, give him a pay raise for sure. And we're going to get his take on if Barry Odom deserves that. Is Barry Odom the guy from Missouri? Matt Stinchcomb called two Missouri games this year for SEC Network, so uh, he's got um, he's going to give us his take on that situation. We're going to get into the college football playoff situation. Should Georgia, Matt Stinchcomb's alma mater, defeat the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday in Atlanta? Does that mean Alabama is knocked out? Are they going? To, is the committee going to put Oklahoma or Ohio State in the college football playoff over a one-loss Alabama team? I say absolutely not. We're going to get Matt's take later on, but I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people like to talk and toot this horn of who did Alabama play? Who does Alabama beat and what's their best win? Is it against a 9-3 and LSU team? Um, maybe so. You know what? A lot of people say that it could be against Mississippi State or Missouri, two 8-4 teams. They are the top of the class in the college football. And when you're up there, there isn't a lot of teams that you can beat to make yourselves look that good. Alabama, we were on I, filming a college football documentary all through the season. I went to an SEC game each week. I caught Alabama a couple of times. You know, I saw Alabama beat Ole Miss 62-7. to We saw what that offense was capable of. They blanked LSU. That's their toughest opponent, right? At LSU, at number three LSU at the time. Well, Alabama won that game 29 to nothing. They blanked that team. I'll tell you. I know there's a log jam in the SEC right now of nine and three and eight and four teams. That maybe there were some disappointments in, in, in teams like you know Auburn or, or LSU to not uh, be those top ten kind of you know college football playoff contending teams. But when it's all said and done, the, L, the the SEC did what it always does, and it kind of beat up on each other this year. You saw that uh, down the stretch with A and M getting that win over LSU in a crazy game. We're going to talk to to Matt about that certainly. But, man, what a regular season in college football. And as it comes down to it, was there a lot of intrigue when it comes to the playoff? Not really. We saw Ohio State just obliterate Michigan. I mean, you talk about just a team that owns another team. 
Jim Harbaugh now 0 and 4 against um, against their rivals at Ohio State. That is that is a big deal, you know, for the Michigan fan base. And that was their chance. That was their one game to get into the playoff, and, and it didn't happen. So now you've got one spot open for uh, really three teams, maybe four teams. I mean, depending on if Georgia can win, uh, that's going to alleviate a lot of this because if Georgia wins that game, I still think you put uh, Alabama in, as we talked about. So as things wind down here, you know, here in the state of Missouri, we saw, and we're going to talk to Matt Stinchcomb about this, we saw what Missouri was able to do late in the year. We talked about a team finishing with four straight wins, um, last year, they finished with six straight wins to end the regular season. They're going to be in a, a very decent bowl game, somewhere between the Music City and the Gator and somewhere in there. But what Barry Odom's done and being one of the you know most underpaid coaches in the country, there's been some, some talk, some rumblings that you know if, if Barry Odom isn't getting the kind of love, isn't getting the kind of you know being shown the money, so to speak, that, that Barry o- could be interested in other jobs and other teams like Louisville could be interested. Now, I think the deal is going to get done. We're going to talk to, to Matt Stinchcomb about that, but I think a deal is going to get done between Missouri and, uh, and Barry Odom. I personally saw Missouri down the stretch win at Florida, at Tennessee, and then totally dismantling a horrendous Arkansas team, but doing it 38 nothing, very impressively for a defense that was much maligned, especially um, their pass defense. But Missouri turned in to a pretty balanced football team, a run-oriented team with Larry Roundtree, with uh, Demaria Crockett, with Tyler Beatty. Drew Locke was just very solid, had a very solid season himself, and able to cap off a, a tremendous career at Missouri. You know, one of the greats in SEC history, you can debate that, but the numbers bear it out. One of the greats in Missouri history, debatable, but the numbers bear that out as well. So this Missouri program is an interesting one because a lot of people had Missouri third or fourth, you know, in their in their final SEC power ranking. And it's incredible to think of that where Missouri came from and those two devastating losses to Kentucky and to South Carolina. But now here we are. Missouri wins uh, four straight in the year, two tough road games, one against a you know a top fifteen team in Florida, very impressively, thirty eight to seventeen. Then waxing Tennessee again, fifty to seventeen for the second straight year. You know what? I, I, you know I'm, I'm impressed. I, I think Missouri had a very solid season. It wasn't a great season. It could have been. But if this is the stability that Barry Odom is bringing to Missouri, I think Missouri fans can live with, live with this with a potential ceiling to only get better, uh, given this staff's ability to identify talent and uh, much like Gary Pinkle did at Missouri. But I'll tell you what, without further ado, we want to go ahead and bring on our guest. This week it is SEC Network's Matt Stinchcomb. Matt, welcome to the show. I'll tell you what, we got to get right into it, my friend. We've got Alabama and Georgia coming up. For the SEC championship game at 4 o'clock Eastern in uh, Atlanta. This is a big opportunity for the Georgia Bulldogs, my friend. Well, they certainly seem to be peaking at the right time. Now, whether or not they'll have all the personnel available that they would need uh, to be able to defeat Alabama this season will remain to be seen. They're going to certainly have to have some players step up, specifically on the defensive side of the football, and especially at linebacker if they're um, stalwart. Inside linebacker Monty Rice isn't available, wasn't available versus UMass, injured himself in the pregame, didn't play versus Georgia Tech, and seems uh, at least uh, appears to be unlikely for the contest in the SEC championship game. But for sure, this will be the most complete football team that Alabama will have faced, and I think by a long shot. And the way that Georgia has played, especially offensively and specifically at quarterback, 
since their LSU loss, uh, has kind of built towards what could be a pretty good ball game. Certainly one that I think that will, uh, at the end of it, look more competitive than what we saw earlier in the season in the other kind of penultimate game uh, in Alabama versus LSU. Do you kind of feel like Georgia, I mean, you talked about some of the personnel problems, but the fact that uh, as well as they're playing right now, and, and of course Alabama, um, we look at them and we look at what you know what Tua has done, what they've done offensively, um, but it seems to me almost as if Georgia right now might be playing playing the best football of, of these two teams. Um, you know, obviously you can do a lot of tinkering with this college football playoff depending on who wins this weekend, but you know, a, a Georgia win here, is it, do you believe that, an, that it would be automatic that, uh, that Alabama would stay in that top four, or, or would you see someone like Oklahoma or Ohio State uh, getting ahead of them i don't know how you could justify it frankly i mean if if this committee is charged with finding the top four teams the best four teams in the country not geographic diversity not representation nationally the best four teams i don't know how you could say that the number one team in the country or what you thought was the number one team in the country losing in its 13th game to what will likely be the fourth team in the country, the fourth-ranked team anyway, uh, with anticipation of Georgia sliding up with Michigan's losses past Saturday. If you're the number one team in the country, you lose to the fourth-ranked team in the country after having gone undefeated in the regular season in a championship game at a neutral site, and now somehow you aren't one of the top four teams in the country? I, I don't know how you can arrive at that conclusion and say that the committee is doing what it's been charged to do. Uh, Georgia certainly has earned uh, its reputation and its stripes, given the West Division draw that they had. It ended up being inverted. Many thought Auburn would have been the tougher of the two. It ended up being LSU by a far shot. But the SEC East, uh, when you look at the way it performed relative to the West and in non-conference performances, it was the toughest division in all of college football. And to go undefeated in that area are in that division in Georgia, and then if were to Georgia to beat Alabama, I, I can't imagine that you could extract from that loss a perception of Alabama as being anything less than among the top four teams in the country. Well, and, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at Ohio State. Ohio State losing to Purdue, in my eyes, regardless of what they did to Michigan, because perhaps Michigan's reputation was built on what? I, I don't know what, what was what was their signature victory. What was one that validated Michigan as this tremendous football team? Um, and then you ended up seeing Ohio State dismantle what many thought, or at least statistically, was shown to be the best defense in the country. It, it, it seemed to me like that was a bit of a mirage, to say the least. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that Big Ten championship game. Of course, a lot of people appointed the Big Twelve with. The one loss to Oklahoma coming at Texas and the ability for them to perhaps avenge that loss. Regardless, um, from where I sit, if Alabama's the best team in the country tonight after the rankings come out, which I think that they will still be at number one, and Georgia's number four, Georgia finds a way to beat Alabama this uh, Saturday. I, I don't know how you could possibly justify saying that Alabama is still not among the best four teams in the country. I uh, completely agree with you there. And, you know, Ohio State, you're also, you know, looking at a uh, a very a very narrow victory over Maryland uh, in in recent weeks, and um, not only that, but Oklahoma is an interesting one because 
they play the exact same football game every week. I don't know that I've ever seen quite anything like this Oklahoma team. I mean, you talk about hyperbolically saying that they win every game 59 to 56, but they do. I, I just, they've lost to, to Texas. They can avenge that, like you said, but I just, I can't see it. But I'll tell you what, I think we're in for a wild one on Saturday. We've seen this matchup before back in 2012. Georgia had an opportunity to get to the national title game with that one too and another another big one. But uh, Matt, going on to the SEC, the rest of the, the league, it just seems all of a sudden like the rest of the league is just log jammed. You've got LSU at um, you know falling to nine and three after that just insane game that we saw uh, against Texas A and M, and then a lot of eight and four type teams. It's just kind of incredible how that all fell. I want to talk to you about Missouri because that's where we are here, and Barry Odom and the job he's done. Now, Matt, uh, there's been of course rumors and speculation that there could be mutual interest between Barry Odom and Louisville. I just kind of want you to go through and look at what Barry Odom has done in, in his three years at Missouri, and uh, where, where do you see this program right now? And do you think uh, Barry Odom should and and needs to get paid and be the guy at Missouri? I think Missouri needs to go ahead and commit to Coach Odom. I think that makes all the sense in the world, and I think it makes all the sense in the world whether or not there's any legitimacy or validity to the interest from uh, Louisville or between both parties, which I would be very surprised. And given uh, Coach Odom's statement, I believe it came out earlier today, saying that there's absolutely no interest Mm-hmm. from uh standpoint, um, which I find unsurprising as well. Um, I think Missouri has a very good football coach, I think that that's a football team that, and as I've been asked uh, at the end of this season, uh, folks that could be considered for SEC Coach of the Year, and as you mentioned, there's been a logjam. There are names that I think should come up that haven't. Uh, one of them is Kirby Smart, uh, but the other is, and, and I, I haven't heard his name, I don't think at all, is Barry Odom, and I believe he would get my vote. Um, it's, it was a strange year at times, but to finish the way that Missouri did, once again, uh, not dissimilarly to what we saw a season ago, as they charged kind of towards the finish line and got into the postseason, but you know, to, to say that it hinged on just one player is a bit much. There were some strange instances. You know, We did a couple of Missouri games. We did two Missouri losses, incidentally. Um, Missouri, uh, Kentucky at Missouri, and then Missouri at South Carolina a couple weeks prior. And they were very strange football games, obviously defeats. Um, but if you think about what that team looks like, and with the uh, reappearance of Emmanuel Hall after the difficulties he had both physically and then um, off the field, uh, having lost a family member, um, you would have to think that uh, this team, may very well have been the second-best team in the Southeastern Conference's East Division. Uh, take nothing away from Kentucky and what they were able to do, but I think uh, a Missouri at full health is an entirely different proposition, and we saw that down the stretch. What they did to both um, Florida, obviously Arkansas, Tennessee, it was a, a dismantling of sorts of those football programs, uh, and those are really good defenses. That's a really good defense in Florida. Um, and what Missouri was able to put together with Drew Locke was really impressive. I think it makes all the sense in the world for Missouri to go ahead and make a commitment to Barry Odom, uh, regardless of what his designs may or may not be for other jobs. Uh, I think that's the direction that, that we're going to be heading here, Matt. And I, I, you know, I briefly mentioned the uh, the A and M LSU game from the other night, and um, one of the more wildly entertaining games. I, at, at times, Matt, I wasn't sure if I was watching just greatness or some kind of a train wreck. Uh, 
you saw LSU trying to win that game three or four times and the, the period to have had it won. I've never I don't know that I've ever seen a Gatorade bath given to a coach and the game's not actually over. They wind up, you know, losing that game. What was your takeaways from that seventy four to seventy two game? I mean, wildly entertaining or, or kind of a train wreck? Well, we were you know, my crew, we actually covered that game on for the SEC network and uh, it was more of a wildly entertaining side for us. Um ended up being the highest scoring game in FBS history, second highest in college football history. Uh, you give a, to a couple of teams seven overtimes, and it's bound to get that way. But it had a little bit of everything, um, quite literally. And it, as you mentioned, a premature dumping of the Gatorade bucket, you know, including that as well, um, which is um, <laughs> kind of unfortunate, whichever teams on the, or coaches on the receiving end of that. But it was um, – to me, I thought it was going to be a close game coming into it, so I was unsurprised that it was tight. I was amazed at AM's ability to rally back late in the fourth quarter, having really done virtually nothing on offense the entire second half. LSU is excellent on the defensive side of the football. They generated a defensive score, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, and I didn't think that AM was going to be able to recover. I thought that was the one thing they couldn't have allowed to do, and they did. And to see... That, I think, it was kind of an announcement of the difference in A&M this year from previous seasons because around that program you could make an argument that it was more of the same, just with a different head coach. But the mentality, the edge with which they play, uh, the physical nature of their play, the mental toughness of their play, all, I think, was demonstrated in what ended up being a marathon test of um, you know their medal. And they ended up able to come away with a key victory a big victory in recruiting on uh, their recruiting grounds for sure uh, but also I think a statement win the one that Jimbo Fisher had so far lacked but nearly gotten uh, earlier this season in a near miss versus Clemson so um, it was a fun ride it was an interesting ride and I think it finally will give some teeth to what has otherwise been kind of a contrived rivalry between A&M and LSU since A&M has joined the Southeastern Conference. Well, it's funny, Matt, because during the game, I'm sitting there, you know, talking to some friends. You know, I've been on, on the media side and, and covered games, but never as a, as a broadcaster. So, you know, if I need to cut out or whatever I need to do, but I'm sitting here going, these guys, these rats, it was five and a half hours. These guys, these guys are going to be missing flights home. I mean, this, I mean, it was that long. Did you, did you get stopped? Did you have any travel issues because of that? No, no, we were, you know, it's a 7.30 kick. You're not getting out of College Station that night. Right. Um, where we were headed, but um, it was uh, it was time well spent. I didn't <laughs> want to be anywhere else other than at Kyle Field. That is, that Kyle Field's a special place. Um, I never got a chance to play in it, but we've done a couple of games there, and for that game and in that atmosphere, um, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Regardless of what the outcome was ultimately going to be, it was, a, it was a fun atmosphere to be in. Uh, absolutely. Free football, and I will take it any way I can get it. Matt, before we let you go, uh, just um, before you called in here, uh, get, got the report that it looks like Gus Melzon and Auburn are going to they're gonna keep this relationship together a little longer. Matt, what is uh, kind of your initial take when you heard the report that things that uh, the job security might not be there, and now that it looks like they're going to make this work and maybe lower the buyout for Melzon a little bit? What is your kind of thoughts on that situation? Uh, I think that that is not um, that's not that large of a departure for Auburn. We've kind of seen this movie many times before, and uh, I don't know that it's going to be 
anything other than uh, this type of scenario, regardless of who the head coach is. Yeah, it's absolutely going to be interesting, man. I tell you what, we are uh, very excited for Georgia and uh, Alabama on on uh, Saturday. Of course, that's uh, four o'clock Eastern on on CBS. So, um, absolutely, it's been a great season. Enjoyed uh, hearing you hearing your calls uh, this year, man. It's been great. Another great season in the SEC wrapped up, and we can't thank you enough for joining us, my friend. Uh, best of luck and uh, enjoy the games on Saturday, my friend. Thanks so much, Clint. Thank you. Huge thanks to Matt Stinchcom for joining us to talk about all things SEC football, college football playoff. It's all coming up, bowl games. Guys, this is uh, such a fun time of year. You've got the NFL in the heart of its schedule with uh, you know five or so games to go in the NFL. You've got college football winding down, but the bowl games, the playoffs getting ready to, uh, to heat up here in the month of December. What a great time. This championship weekend is always exciting. We're going to see, I think, the, the game of the, of the weekend certainly is going to be uh, Georgia and Alabama. And Matt agreed with me that you can't take Alabama out of this college football playoff. You just can't do it. And uh, it was good to hear his take also on Barry Odom. He says, pretty much echoed my sentiments exactly, which is that it's time for Missouri to lock him up and for Missouri to believe in Odom as much as Odom believed in Missouri to take this job. Of course, it's a dream job for him. Of course, he wanted to be here. But he didn't take it over in the best circumstances. And what he's done, the word I keep using is stability. Whereas other programs that are very similar to Missouri, like Arkansas, Illinois, have just completely gone off the rails, you know, with bad coaching hires, with bad decisions, with, you know, coaches not working out and the program slipping because of it. Oh, Arkansas just wrapped up an 0-8 season. You know, we're a couple years ago from Brett Bielema being at the helm and, and Arkansas fans thinking that they were next in line for a national championship. Um, you look at Lovey Smith at Illinois, and I know that's a team Missouri's played uh, quite frequently over the last 10 years. Illinois is a complete disaster, 4-8. and eight. Look at what Nebraska, 4-8, and eight, although I think Scott Frost is going to get that going eventually. Missouri is on stable ground right now. When everybody else is jumping into the river trying to find a life raft, Missouri's safely aboard, floating down the river. There's something to be said for that. So cannot... Um, I don't thank Matt Stinchcom enough for joining us. What a great pleasure that was. Uh, we've had a we've had a great year the, the, here on the Elite Sports Podcast. We wanted to make this weekly. Couldn't do that because of other obligations. Because out on the road filming an SEC football documentary, going to eat a game each week, turned out to be pretty time consuming, pretty crazy schedule. Great to be back. Great to be back to some normalcy. But what a whirlwind that was. And we uh, are so excited to be able to continue doing the Elite Sports Podcast. It is important for us because we believe that this is the best place that you're going to find for, you know, the combination of analysis, guests, interviews, always here on the Elite Sports Podcast. We bring it to you and we thank you for doing that. We are going to ride this football season out together. So thank you for joining us here on the Elite Sports Podcast. We will come at you soon with another episode.